This podcast brought to you by Earthlink. I'm Molly Wood, author of CNET's Buzz Report. And I'm Tom Merritt, author of CNET's The Real Deal. Welcome to Buzz Out Loud, our podcast of no surprise, we're talking about Sony. <laughs> and this time it's right off the bat. We're not even going to try to couch it. Yeah, we're just let's just get through it. Yeah, so you know um, how we it was later determined that oh, Max... Oh, I, I forgot. What? We should start uh, introducing Veronica, too. That's true. And also... What am I supposed to say? I, I don't know. Veronica. I was thinking we'd do some sort of Paul Schaefer many, thing. many, many uh, blog posts. <laughs> Veronica, <laughs> our producer, can you play us over as we walk into the, the desk? <laughs> anyway, uh, yes. We'll figure it out. Uh, anyway, Sony. So it turns out, as you know, that the rootkit kind of, or the bad copy protection technology also affected Macs, thanks to a company called Suncom, not the company that wrote the rootkit for the PC. But um, it turns out that the uninstall for the Suncom kernel what is it 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 like modifies the kernel yeah anyway it's a it's a trojan horse that modifies your your unix kernel the uninstaller for that given to you by sony will indeed create a big fat security hole in your mac just like the uninstall created for on the pc side well at least it's equal (laughs) that's true (laughs) they're not playing favorites here separate but equal anyway um yeah sony just continues to mess up and so, meanwhile, Amazon has gotten in the game. Remember, Microsoft was concerned and, and did some stuff, and now Amazon has said, you know what, if you bought one of these Sony Rootkit CDs, we'll refund your money. Which is awesome. Just on their own. They just, just on their That own? is the right thing to do. Yes. Amazon, good customer service. And this is just another example. In other copy protection news... Boy, the EMI group really has a lot to say on behalf of Apple. Lately. Yeah, did, e- <laughs> did EMI... Are you noticing um, this? <laughs> EMI group is, is Apple's new PR... I guess they had, like, they had like one dinner with Steve Jobs and now they're best friends forever and they know his mind. Yeah. A, a story on news.com, EMI Group is quoted as saying that uh, Apple will support copy protected <laughs> CDs. And in that same article, Apple's pretty much quoted as saying, like, wow. uh, no. Oh, hell no. Yeah, this is actually just hilarious. They're, I, I don't know what more to say about this. The register is pretty funny. They say EMI irks Apple. Um this is also, remember, EMI is also the company that just the other day said that Steve Jobs would definitely agree to differential pricing on the iTunes music store, even though Jobs has said for, who, I don't know exactly how long. Who exactly are they talking to? They say, um, the guy, it was the CEO of EMI who said that Jobs would agree to differential pricing, and he said that he had heard it straight from Steve Jobs. So I don't know. Someone's I mean, lying. You got to think, they're looking, it's looking a little more likely that they're wrong about that now that they are... Now that Apple is publicly <laughs> saying, dude, no, the iPod is not going to support copy protected CDs. I think EMI is taking the uh, the stance of like, if we say it enough, it'll be true. Right, exactly. Pretty soon he'll, it'll be too they'll embarrassing. Just to, yeah, they'll just have to. For him to try to correct us. It's, it's really interesting. What, like you say, like, where would they get this idea? And, and would they really just make it up? I yeah. doubt it. There has to be some kind of miscommunication yeah. of some kind between someone, maybe an Apple rep they talked to that was like, oh, yeah, that could happen in the future. Maybe Apple was like, with it. I, I don't you know. You can copy protect your CDs as long as they don't affect iTunes. And then email I said, hey, they, they support copy protection. I, uh, I don't know. I the game of telephone. I, yeah, I don't support copy protected CDs in any shape or form. And I don't think that Steve Jobs should either. No, there's, so there, there are better ways. Yes. Uh, iTunes also in the news for a security flaw. A vulnerability was found in the way that iTunes looks for helper programs, which would allow hackers to fool iTunes into executing code and malicious software. 
the discovery mm-hmm. of the flaw came just days after Apple issued a security update for iTunes Ooh. 6. So back to the drawing board, folks. So this, uh, this particular flaw affects only Windows, unlike the recent QuickTime flaw, which actually affected Mac OS X. Yeah, so Shocking! E- anyway. Again, equal time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now this one's... Now Windows has theirs. Actually, the QuickTime one affected Windows as well. So Yes. Uh, also, you may have seen some notes flitting about the web here on Friday about a Google uh, security problem with Gmail, mm-hmm. and that has really? been fixed, according to Google. So no need to don't mean to alarm you, but uh, there was a, a process for exploiting Gmail uh, that had to be had to have some user intervention. Like you had to actually open an attachment within Gmail right. to open up the security hole. It was but, sort okay. of a phishing thing. Yeah, it's you been, had to provide your credentials. So just. Yeah. First of all, if you're following the age-old advice, don't open attachments. Right. It still protects you 95, 99% of the time. And even if you... Even in Google. Google. Even if you do open an attachment and that attachment asks you to provide some information, don't do it. Just don't open attachments unless you're expecting them. Right. Like if Molly says, I'm going to send you some photos, and then I get an email from Molly that says, here are the photos that I told you I was going to send from my trip... (laughs) That's okay. But if you get an email from me with a bunch of photos attached and I haven't told you, then you need to check with me before you open them. Especially if it says something vague like, here are the photos. Yeah, exactly. Here are the pics. Here are the documents you requested. Yes. Dead giveaway. Don't do it. Anyway, um, Peter John sent us to the sent us this story about the Google thing. And and um I you know, I think especially given the speed with which it was fixed, it's one of those things where if it's on the web, people are gonna try to attack it. So all right, we got uh, some hilarious Match.com follies, <laughs> a couple cool new gadgets, and uh, some blogging, your voices, mails, and emails. Just a sec. Do you believe anything is possible? At Earthlink, we do. We believe the same company that delivers your lightning-fast DSL connection can deliver your home phone service and wireless service, too. One company for all your communication needs. Visit earthlink.net and start believing today. Earthlink, we revolve around you. I absolutely love this story. I don't know why I find it so hilarious, but I do. Match.com, which, you know, is the matchmaking service that I believe was started by that guy who was on the, the original Bachelor, Alex Michelle. Yeah. Who was, was really? um, by the way, a CNET employee. Yeah. At one there were time. old videos where he, that he was on. With Ryan Seacrest, the Match.com. Who hasn't worked with I know, CNET? Ron Reagan. We got them all. Anyway, Match.com has now been sued and is accused in a federal lawsuit of sending its employees, its own employees, out on fake dates. Now, why would they do that? Because they hire hot people. So it <gasps> no, makes, I have no idea. So, yeah. so is this <laughs> like, like best answer? We no, have some users t- that can't get dates, John. I think it's to we need you. You it take this like, one. It sounds like it's a marketing ploy, and then it was it, that would be a way to make it seem like the service worked really well. Uh, you know, so you know what this got, sounds like to me? A really good story for a rom com. A what now? A romantic comedy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, this <laughs> happened on Friends, There's right? a nickname for romantic comedy. Rom-com? And it's rom-com? A dramedy? A I've dramedy, heard dramedy, yeah. but I hadn't heard rom-com. It Hilarious. makes me think of camels. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know why. Dramedary. Anyway, the lawsuit refers to it as a grossly fraudulent practice, and I admit I'm insensitive because I find it hilarious. It's just, it's shilling, man. It's, it is It's shilling. totally shilling. Like the snake oil salesman who plants the guy in the front of the crowd. I'll take one. It works. I can walk. I can see. I know. Except in this case, it's, I'll take you. You're cute. Yeah. Oh, mm. and it, that's sad. What that if it they made people feel love? like they got a date. They could fall in love. That would be a great movie. That There's your rom-com. There's your that's rom-com right yeah. there. Okay, I get it. You're such a romantic. I'm selling this. Anyway, Molly's, Molly's gadget crazy today. <gasps> I am. Because, uh, 
Mobility Today, formerly known as um, Dave's iPack, has photos of the Motorola Q at Verizon. Oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. I am so excited about the Motorola Q because I've had my trio for a long time. And, you know, I'm ready for an upgrade, but what? I don't know if I want to get a 650. And I can't wait to see this little thin little Motorola Q. What's the Q. deal with the Motorola Q? What makes it so so cool to you? It is somewhat razor. Well, you know, because I got all excited Very about the thin. razor because it looked so cool. But I can't live without my keyboard. But so this is like razor thin. Horizon thin. Horizon thin. And it has the keyboard on the bottom. And then it, it's Windows. It's a Windows mobile phone, hmm. which is interesting. And I, I think that would be kind of cool because I use Outlook at work. It might be kind of nice to just have the same interface. But uh, this is funny because on the blog post it says, rumor has it prices on this baby are in excess of $2,500. Which is Yeah, you're not just, getting one. Well, no, 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 they're not. $2,500? It doesn't cost, come on, That's it doesn't the, cost $2,500. No. Maybe it's a silly. typo, 250 It's going to be really super cheap. Maybe it's like you've seen it on eBay up to $2,500 because it's only out in Japan right now. Oh, but maybe. I think that's ridiculous. Anyway, I'm super excited for this thing, and you can check out pictures there. And also, apparently there's yet another new razor also for Verizon, the, Ra- the Verizon V3C EVDO razor. So, so it will have a high speed. So this is Verizon's version of the Razor. You can get the Razor for Verizon is pretty much what this means, right? No, you could get it before, but you you, I don't think it was EVDO. Oh, this is the this first is the EVDO new, for Verizon yes. Razor. Okay. Uh, I say EVDO. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> you cool. see Ev... You say tomato too. You say Dotto. I also I don't say know tomato. <laughs> Moving right along. The NBC, National Broadcasting Company also known as NBC, has decided to become the first peer-to-peer network. Now, we've talked about other networks providing shows to peer-to-peer schemes like through uh, AOL or whatnot, but uh, or iTunes, for instance, which isn't peer-to-peer. But mm-hmm. NBC is going to partner with a company called Peer Impact, and sometime in the first quarter of 2006, they say hmm. they will start a movie rental service over peer-to-peer. So you could get such movies as Ray or The 40-Year-Old Virgin or TV specials like Jerry Springer Uncensored. <laughs> um, Excellent example. I can't wait for that. Now, but here's the thing. It's peer-to-peer, but you only get it for 24 hours. Yeah, this... So it's some some sort of like self-destroying DRM kind of stuff. But I don't mean to be super negatory, but <laughs> I have my doubts about the movie part. Because mm. given the Netflix TiVo collapse... I'd be pretty surprised if they could actually get the the movie studios to agree to license. Well, the, this is NBC Universal, so they'll license their own movies. Yeah, okay. That's 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 how it works, right? They don't have to license it; it'll just be theirs. It'll just be theirs. Yeah. So it's that's basically still, like having an, an NBC Universal movie channel. What NBC Universal made Ray and Forty Year Old Version? Universal Studios did. Really? Yeah. And that's all the same. I I, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. They're this all... media conglomeration thing goes farther than I thought. <laughs> it goes right to the top, Molly. Follow the money. <laughs> <laughs> Who stands to benefit? Oh, right, everyone. Uh, Except me. No, I'm just kidding. Tracking back on the blogger story, um, the FEC, the Federal Election Commission, today issued an advisory opinion that finds that the fired-up network of blog qualifies for a press exemption to federal campaign finance laws. Good for you, FEC. And this seems like Tom and I were saying earlier that this is like how it's supposed to work, where you can't you can't make a blanket statement that says all bloggers are journalists. You can evaluate case by case. It takes a long time, but hey, it gets it done right. You gotta you gotta like you say, case by case. That's yeah. all that's all you need to say about that. Google, uh <laughs> thanks, I'll stop now. <laughs> no, no, it's all right. I was like, <laughs> I need to make a point. No, I don't. That's it. <laughs> nope, it's done. We're done. Um Google is hoping that it can 
calm the furor over its Google print service by not changing what it's doing in terms of trying to index <laughs> books and make them searchable, but maybe just change the name so it doesn't sound so scary. Google oh. print sounds like you're printing something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like you're going to make money off it. But if we call it Google book search... Then, then it's just searching within books. And that's not scary. That's not so bad. Maybe we won't get sued anymore. I hear the marketing meeting happening right now. I know, totally. Good try, you guys. All right, we got some great voicemails, uh, more than we could handle today. Mm-hmm. Thanks a lot. This is this is wonderful. Uh, we'll play as many as we can get to. David, responding to our discussion of why the antivirus companies didn't catch on to the Sony rootkit faster. Hey, it's David. Um, reason virus detecting companies probably didn't find the rootkit is because the very nature of rootkits is that they modify the operating system so stuff can't see them. When you try to find those files, the operating system tells you they're not there. So if the virus, antivirus program's running on Windows and Windows doesn't tell them it's there, they can't find it. Also, uh, Molly, if you're trying to get people out of your house by giving them coffee, send them to Starbucks. To replay, press 1. To delete, auto-forwarded message received 5.51 p.m. November 17th from... Buzz out loud. Dave again. Totally forgot one of my points about the rootkit. If the antivirus companies started deleting it before all this nasty news came out, it'd be a violation of the DMCA. Our old friend. So instead of news reports saying Sony's evil, news reports would be Sony sues Symantec over copyright violations. That is a good point. Rootkits mm-hmm. are difficult to detect if you don't know they're there. That's right. the whole point of the rootkit is that that's why they're so insidious. But that still doesn't answer why they didn't catch on once they did know it was there. Right. Once they found out that it was there, they did not touch it. They were very hands off about it. It took days in mm-hmm. some cases longer well, than days. Some cases they haven't done it at all. So Yeah, I think as far as I know, no major AV company has come out and said uh, we're disabling. I mean, Microsoft's the only one to come out and say we're going to wipe the rootkit. No, nah, there's there was one, not Symantec, but there was one of the the minor ones. Computer Associates mm. actually has blocked it. But so Symantec, so far, as far nothing, as I know, not a word. The last I know, Symantec was not blocked. Yeah, so I think in that case, that that makes them still complicit. Uh, a wonderful call from Coolby. Hey Tom, Molly, and Veronica. This is Coolby. Just want to say I don't suffer from video game addiction. I enjoy every minute of it. <laughs> but um, bump. There you have it. Enough I don't said. suffer. I yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's the whole point, though. Gaming's yep. fun. Yeah. And if it doesn't hurt anyone, Veronica, you yeah. still show up for uh-huh. work every day, right? Barely. Yeah, but her hands hurt. <laughs> she can't. She can't send her little emails because her My hands, hands hurt are getting a little better now. She's I only didn't hurt play it herself. yesterday. You need like a brace or something. Yeah. Um. Also, Andrew on the RIA clamping down on podcasts. Hi, Tom, Molly, Veronica. With all of your recent ranting on the evil empire syndrome of Sony and that kind of thing, I can't believe you didn't pick up. Well, I guess I can see because it's certainly more niche in the podcasting world. But the fact that the RIAA is now really clamping down heavily on podcasts and it's lost out some of the greatest sites. I mean, where you've got people that do um, not just playing, I'm just going to play music, but music like the top 10 list or the, or the hit test or Mashup Town, my favorite site. Simply because, and these are, and these actual sites were actually promoting the bands. Anyways, I can't, with all the rantings of the evil empire, I mean, hey, there's the other evil empire that's out there that needs to be put down. Go to it. Thanks. Bye. Yeah, I heard a lot about this. Yeah, I think this is a really interesting point. And Mashup Town is a great podcast, by the way. Yeah? Yeah, right. I listen to it. We'll peep it. 
Yeah, I've been worried about this kind of thing because there's a lot of really great music podcasts out there like Coverville and Mashup Town and Ill Noise. And they're all, I don't know what's going to happen to them if this comes down on their heads. I think there's a lot of, I was thinking about this actually at the Portable Media Podcast Expo that I was at last week, that there is a DRM train a coming Mm -hmm. and a copyright infringement train just really barreling down the tracks at some of these podcasters that they just don't even realize yeah you know i think they just have no idea how hard they could potentially get hit by some of this stuff and the thing is that people have been worried about this since it started Mm -hmm. they've been saying okay music podcasts are going to have a problem this was over a year ago that people were saying this and now it's really starting to rain down on them and yeah i haven't to see i haven't seen a lot of stories yet actually about the riaa clamping down so yeah david shh (laughs) <laughs> no, no it what, was andrew or andrew okay i'm bad at that aren't i uh, uh ron one of the things about coverville too is that they have started i know he has started moving towards playing more independent artists because right, right. of that issue because then it's covers so he still has to deal with an ascap bmi you know performance issue but it's not it's not as bad as having it's to deal with copyrighted music so right you, yeah. you will hear a lot more independent stuff on a lot of these would be my prediction Annual. which is not necessarily a bad thing in my opinion yeah, that's probably, in fact, a good segue into a great email that we got from John B. saying that the differential pricing idea for iTunes and other online stores is a way for music companies to try to use prices to control what's popular, which I found Ooh. to be kind of interesting. Like, if you, if they can create this mindset that a song that costs $2 is more from a more popular artist than a song that costs 25 cents, then you might be more inclined to go, well, oh, I need to keep up with the Joneses and get that $1.50 song. And you know what? Song. It'll be good for people who listen to more obscure music that's on there because they're paying less for it. Good mm-hmm. good on you, Josh. Good good job. Good point. John. It is Josh, actually. It's, it's written Josh? down wrong there. Yeah. Oh, dude, Tom cannot <laughs> be trusted. Trying to, trying to correct it. <laughs> All right. Good, good email, Josh. Uh, Richard B. sends a solution uh, for the guy with the frapper issue. Oh, right. This is a, a question that we threw out the other day about a guy who's saying he's trying to use Frapper, but he kept getting an error message. Richard B. says, sometimes that can happen if you don't use the www mm. in certain situations. So maybe try www.frappr.com. Oh, we finally got Molly uh, on there. Yes. <laughs> we did get an email saying, where's my pushpin? It's finally on there. It didn't, it didn't go as smoothly as it could have gone, but we it's figured my own it fault. Out, though. We got it. It was multiple user error on my part. <laughs> <laughs> and I want to win Benjamin Stein's BitTorrent collection. <laughs> what? He wrote, he wrote in uh, to tell us that he still thinks Apple's missing the boat with TV downloads because not only are they lower quality than what you can get on BitTorrent mm-hmm. or th- using BitTorrent, but they're also delayed. It takes about 12 hours the, right. next, uh, the next day for the episode to show up. Jasmine was talking about this on the Alpha blog here at CNET, and uh, he can get them immediately. After they air on in, using BitTorrent. Yeah, so. and sometimes even before they air. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, um, that's true, too. Yeah, that is a really good point, especially because you, if you if it is a popular show, he mentions Lost in particular, and if it mm-hmm. is a popular show, you could be spoiled by the time it even shows up. I think the the interesting point here to me was that he said, they have to give us something that's better than the free service. Yeah. And that is, that is what it all boils down to. And that's why iTunes market. Music Store has succeeded as well as it has. Right. Uh, Mike has a note for you, Molly. He's a former engineer studying to become a mental health therapist. Uh, I like where this is going already. He's been, he's, he's been listening to the podcast. She's he a crazy all, woman. Well, no, he lo- noticed a lot of anger in your voice since the Sony uh, DRM uh, tour de force. That's French. He points up. 
So he wants to know more about this. What were your experiences with Japanese executives as a child? Were you ever <laughs> abandoned by technology? <laughs> he just says, talk to us, Molly. Let it out. Your audience is here to help. I think that's, that's sweet. I'm really, really happy that Mike's reaching out to you. Okay, I, well, while we're talking about mental I health. I have a lot of misplaced anger. <laughs> I need to get something off my chest. <gasps> Confession time. I would like to um, retract my statements from yesterday or the day before about the Mac versus PC for audio and video engineering. Oh. They're equally as good. It just depends on your personal preferences. I really put my foot in my mouth with that one. And I said a lot of things straight from my emotions and not thinking them through. And... um, Made a general ass of myself, so I'm sorry. Oh, I, don't, oh. I think you're being too <laughs> no, hard you on yourself. Didn't. But everyone did, started yelling at me. We did start a firestorm in the People email. People get the forums. really upset about that kind of stuff. I'll tell you. I just let anyway, my biases go, and that's not proper for you. You're being the bigger person. I do what I'm, I can. I'm very impressed. <laughs> Finally, Simon is one of the few to write in and defend the Xbox 360 core system because he says he isn't interested in the backwards compatibility and really maybe doesn't even want to play Xbox Live, and he's glad that. That there is a cheaper version available. Although I will say that eventually, if you want to play with anybody, it's not just about the backwards compatibility for me. It's about the wireless controller, the extra controller. Like, you're still only going to get one controller. So if you ever have a friend come over, you're already like 30 yeah. bucks toward that premium system. Guess what I did yesterday? Ooh, pre-ordered your Xbox 360? No, played a lot of Xbox 360. Where'd you oh. find one? <laughs> oh, it's in the house. It's in the house. It's okay. in the house. It's in the house. If you uh, check out our holiday help desk the day after Thanksgiving, you will see me one playing playing one live, actually. Yeah, yeah we may have some more live. news about uh, the ability to obtain Xbox 360s yes. by watching mm-hmm. our holiday help desk. We'll keep you informed as details become available. But uh, we want to give some privileged spaces to Buzz Out Loud listeners during that streaming time. Yes, we'll be streaming, if you haven't in. heard, November 25th, Friday after American Thanksgiving uh, for 12 hours. So go to helpdesklive.cnet.com and you can submit an email question right there on that page. And note that you're a Buzz Out Loud listener. You'll get a little priority seating. Yes, in the, indeed. Uh, in the oh, calling. Yeah. Oh, that's oh, fancy. Yes. Uh-huh. November 25th will be the marathon. All right. A few Frapper shout outs. The frapper, th- mm-hmm. uh, frapper maps up in the upper 200s, getting close to 300. Yeah, it's starting to load pretty slowly, which is awesome. Yeah. Uh, Jorge in Argentina, he says he's the other Buzz listener in Argentina <laughs> besides Alejandro. Put awesome. his cat up. Uh, Martin in Riga, Latvia. Latvia, awesome. Also Dimitri in Moscow. Awesome. Zdrastvi, Dimitri, Gagdila. And uh, Punter Joe in Lowell, who says he wants his TMV. Oh, so funny. Like That's that. Tom Oliver. Wait, Lowell Mass? Yeah. Low mass. Low mass. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And which makes me uh, want to shout out to the AF geek at Scott Air Force Base, which is like 20 miles from where I grew up. Who's listening to the podcast old school style. Said, said it's retro. It's to, a CD to cast burn a for CD. him. <laughs> he burns it to CD and listens to it in his truck. That's amazing. Hey, whatever works, Love man. it. And Trip. Trip joined the, the Frapper. Awesome. It's about time. Anyway, it is absolutely great to see. I feel like we're getting to know people a lot better, seeing their their funny pictures and yeah, whatnot on it. the Frapper. It makes me feel all warm and fuzzy. I know, it's excellent. So keep going to the Frapper and uh, also forums.cnet.com. You can send us email, buzz at cnet.com. And call us, 1-800-616-CNET. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye.